0: Welcome to the Season 1 of Like XR Video Podcast. We are making a show about the extended reality market. Throughout this season, we would turn on the low-key mode and talk with top-notch experts from the juggernauts and well-recognized leaders of their industries, Coca-Cola, Paramount Pictures, hewlett packard Stanford and Munich Universities, and many, many, many more. We hope that such a variety of guests would allow us to x-ray the XR industry from different dimensions, and reveal the incredible potential of augmented and virtual reality. Take a seat, grab your beer, and enjoy.
1: So, hi, and welcome to the LikeXR podcast season one, a podcast about the extended reality market from the people who really understand the industry. This week, we are joined by the global manager at of digital design from coca-cola benny lee we will speak about design digital experience at coca-cola and we hope you enjoy it so hi benny i'm glad to see you on the like xr podcast and i'm looking forward to an interesting conversation so how are you
2: good good how are you guys
1: we're fine fine thank you so thank you. uh it's fantastic uh, to see you here so um Let's talk about your work, first of all. I'm sure that everyone wanted to know what tasks are set for you in Coca-Cola at the position of Global Manager of Digital Design.
2: Sure. Um, so as you already mentioned, I'm the Global Manager of Digital Design at the Coca-Cola Company. <clears throat> uh, I handle most of the uh, mostly 3D initiatives, uh, which include digital capabilities, uh, automation and workflow. Uh, and I manage uh, different aspects of implementations and uh, executions of the global tra- strategies, right? Um, and so that that also includes um, product imagery capability. Uh, <clears throat> uh, so that that's kind of usually what you know people would refer as like renders and you know uh, CGI visuals. Uh, and um, so I'm kind of the subject matter expert and key contributor and for such projects. And also, uh, I engage and elevate the uh, consumer experience and interactions between our brands and our products. Um, so other than that, just lead initiatives responsible for development of digital marketing uh, and collaborate with different R&D teams on
1: that internally. Oh, that's exciting. Uh, so speaking about XR, uh, has uh, your approach to advertising changed after the advent of immersive technologies such as XR?
2: Yeah <clears throat> in terms of this mixed reality thing has been really interesting uh for Coca-Cola um but I think what's really interesting is that our product if you look at it um is over 130 years old and uh, but the interesting thing is it hasn't really changed in 130 years uh when when I say that I mean the uh physical product you know you can get the same you know Coca-Cola as you did 100 years ago and whether you're a millionaire or you're just a homeless guy with you know a few dollars in your pocket you can get the same Coca-Cola It doesn't matter if you're a hollywood celebrity or you know some no-name guy and you still be able to get the exact same coca-cola physical product you know that's kind of the interesting and the beauty of it so what i'm trying to say is that um our physical product has not changed in over 130 years but our approach uh, to digital marketing has um so what we did is that we don't change the product unlike some companies which makes sense for them they have to evolve and adapt their business models right they have to like say Apple have to come up with new iPhones every year, right? Uh, iPods and, and computers, right? It makes sense uh, for us. Um, we just find different ways to tell our stories. And based on who the designer or the agency is, uh, they will have different point of view because everyone sees the product differently, uh, even though it's the same product, right? So I think that's kind of interesting. Uh, so we just build the product and everything is designed around the product. And everything is designed to uh, figure out a different way to serve the product differently. You know, you can go to you know the India or Asia or uh, you know Latin America. It will be served slightly differently, and the story will be told slightly differently. You know, to cater to the culture and the the um, the countries, the the people. You know, um, but at the same time, at the very very core of it, you know, it's always revolves around the same product. So.
0: Yeah, but, but, by the way, one question from my end. When we are talking about, the, you know, the new way how you try to reach uh, an audience using, you know, cutting-edge technologies, is it is it about more a new approach? Yeah, using all these technologies? Or is it about to reach the audience that, for instance, big companies like Coca-Cola would like to focus on? Uh, because we, we know that, you know, young people... Yeah, I'm very interested in all that new wave of technologies, and it's much easier to reach them out in the places they they dwell. Yeah. And what is more about? Is it about message, uh, new ways how to pack the message, or is it about audience you'd like to get?
2: Yeah. Um, before I answer that question, I, I want you to, be able to do. Do you mind you can kind of rephrase it a little? I want to make sure I sure. answer that properly. Yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, you can, um, you know, repack the message of uh, Coca Cola branding using new ways, uh, virtual technologies, or any others, or you would like to get the audience who should be aware of the values that Coca Cola has under the hood by new technologies.
2: Yeah, um, let me see if I can answer this properly. Um... So, like as I said, our product is very much in the physical world, and usually people see digital and physical are two separate entities, right? But we like to see them as a uh, same thing, you know. Uh, and there's a term coined for it, It's called fidgetal, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's is a combination of both. I feel like uh, Coca Cola is a, a great example of how these two come together, and if you find a way to put them together, you create kind of a little piece of magic in between. Um, so we know as we, the, the, the challenge is how do we take something, I don't want to say so old, but like with such history and legacy behind 130 years and kind of create a digital transformation for the new audience to, you know, five years ago, currently, you know, um, could be millennials. It could be like the ones that comes after the, you know, how do we cater to that? I, I think we realized that, um, you know, our audience have an appetite for something new, you know, they, they always want to try something innovation, uh, innovative and a new way of trying things. It could be the same thing they've been doing, but it could different ways of doing it. You know, I think that's, uh, that's what we are doing. So, for example, we have a, a project called Cobot. It is actually a Coca-Cola robot. Uh, if you Google it, I'm pretty sure you'll see that. Uh, essentially, it's an R&D project that started with how we uh, able to serve that d- differently. Uh, we have different touch points, uh, touch points, just different ways of our, um, offering products, right. Through different channels. So there's the vending, uh, there's the fountain machine, and there may be the freestyle. If you're not sure what the freestyle is, freestyle is the ones that you see in a restaurant. Uh, I'm not sure if it is available in your region yet, but in the U S it's these, um, uh, dispenser with over a hundred, uh, plus flavors in one, uh, dispenser and with a touch screen is called the Coca-Cola freestyle um uh, is is really cool. It's been around for a quite a number of years. And um so that that's one way of serving it. And the other way is that Coca-Cola robot, right? And that's like so you can see it at different activations, different events, uh and et cetera. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got it.
1: Okay. So you already mentioned uh, new technologies that Coca-Cola uses. Um it was like XR, it was robotic. Uh, so maybe uh, you know some more new technologies that Coca-Cola uses in its work? At work? In At, at work. At work, at uh, advertising. So um, I'm interested in, in the usability of new technologies by the big brands uh, with uh, um, amount of history.
2: Yeah, yeah, I can give you some examples. So for example, uh, at our campus, we have start exploring to uh, virtual reality for training our employees and uh it could be um say I, I again speak to the content but giving an example mm-hmm. it could be you know say drivers, operation side of things you know like you know it cuts down the the cost right it, it saves and accelerate if you make a mistake you don't actually make a mistake in real life you make a mistake in VR world right and um and there's like um different uh, ar applications um say there's a company I don't know if they're uh, still around. I, I think they do a uh, mixed reality headset. Um, it's cl- closer to HoloLens. Um, mm-hmm. So what they do is that you, you can project that onto an aisle. We have a, um, I think it's called an innovation um, center where we create actual groceries at mm-hmm. a place with no no physical people, but actually it's, it's for people that we invite uh, vendors and uh, people, researchers and consumers to come do a test we will place our products and then they'll come in and kind of have a look to see. And we'll kind of like do a quick study to see if this stands out amongst other competitors. And, you know, in the future, we could project that mixed reality onto the screen and perhaps they could see different signage before they even go there. And if they want to look, say, uh, look at our products, search for, I want a Coke Zero or or a Chico, right? And, you know, they can guide you in the aisle. Uh, Those are some examples that we can approach. Uh, In terms of the advertisement and digital marketing strategy side, um, we actually, you know, have, uh, quite, quite a few examples say, mm-hmm. a few years ago, there's a, a AR cans, um, Coca-Cola cans. Mm-hmm. I think it's only is very specific to, I believe only China, uh, it's called the China city can. I'm pretty sure, uh, it'll pop out if you Google that. So essentially you, uh, scanned it and it will have this, uh, uh a character that comes out and the character is made out of, uh, an illustration based on a specific city of the region. And because each region, um, you know, its city is made of people and they rely and relate to uh, certain uh, landmarks of the city, right? So I, you know, like, so we hire a, um, an agency and a uh, free uh, illustrator, uh, really talented, and he created these uh, negative art of this character. And this character is completely built by a city, a landmarks, um, and that character has been um, digitized, digitized into like a 3D model. So we scan it, it comes out. And uh, the latest example would be Avengers Endgame, uh, yeah. Endgame and the uh, Infinity War. Um, so I think we had a partnership with Marvel. What we did was we created a similar um, AR activation where you scan the a can, a, uh, one of the characters, uh, you know, hero characters or Thanos would come out. And we worked together to create this little, say, for example, uh, if you scan a, a can with uh, that's tied to Captain America, a shield popped up and deflect all the bullets. And if you scan a uh, Thanos can, right, uh, an Infinity Gauntlet will come out and kind of does a, a snap, and then the Coca Cola script will like disappear, right, just like the snap. <laughs> so that's really cool. You should probably look it up. Uh, I, unfortunately, I don't think that one is available in the US, but it's available in different regions. So those, those are examples how we are, you know, uh, transforming digital marketing strategies. But at the core of it, you're still drinking the same Coca Cola, right? But it feels like it's a brand new experience. So that kind of caters to, um, say the generation who's into say like TikTok and YouTube content creator, right? You know, because they they just want new ways to showcase the content. So yeah, yeah
0: you know, it's it's like a, an additional emotion link with your audience. Yeah, mm-hmm. with with your customers, because I think everyone remembers maybe some, uh, you know, stories from childhood when we got eyes of chips or Mm -hmm. such uh, small things like uh, that was like, you know, additional things to to core products and yeah, collection is from here
2: and therefore, yeah, it's like additional value to to customers. Yeah. And speaking of the uh, the, um, collection thing, uh, I'm not sure if you're aware, but we recently uh, released uh, and launched our first ever NFT. Um, yeah. So yeah. So we uh, uh, we auctioned it. Uh, I think it ended with over half a million at the end. Uh, it was uh, in- interesting. Um, so it it was it, again. It's just that we're we're really interested in going into this um, digital domain, this new open seas, right? Um, but we want to listen to the consumers. We want you know they know we want the, we know they want choices and options, right? And new ways of doing things. So, but we want to stay authentic uh, to our brands, you know, when we, we're doing this. So, when we launched it, we want to make sure that we're honoring and and separating a, a good cause. And the perfect occasion was just this last summer. I think it's the International Friendship Day. Uh, we also wanted to do a gift back, so uh, like giving back to the community and the people. So we chose a, a, a our longtime partner, the Special Olympics, uh, and we donated all our proceeds to the from the auction to them. And uh, what's really interesting is that, you know, we want to also stay relevant. It's not just another NFT. So we chose like a uh, gaming culture as a reference, you know, to do the NFT. Uh, and um, if you're a gamer, you know the concept of a loot box, right? Like a treasure box, you, it could be anything. When you look at a box, you, you go for it, whether you're in, like Fortnite or uh, any kind of games, right? So, um, so when, when you get the loot box, uh, the winner, it will kind of just burn away and it turns into four different NFTs. And uh, these NFT is just like, you know, in the spirit of that. Um, and, and these NFTs includes like the cooler, uh, like a Coca-Cola special cooler. Uh, and then there's the uh, visualizer of a sound visualizer of the intrinsic sound of like um, uh, Coca-Cola bottle opening and the fizz and the drinking. Uh, and then there's an actual uh, friendship card. So um, I'm, if you look at up there's a uh, Coca-Cola friendship card that we actually passed around uh, in back in the days during like World War II. So we digitized that and we, we imagined that asset. Um, so that is actually one of them. So you get an actual friendship card. And it's like, think of like as a baseball card, collectibles and uh, Pokemon card or anything like that. And the last one is really cool. It's a uh, actual wearable jacket. Um, a wearable jacket, you can actually use uh, your avatar in the NFT world and open seas to, to wear that. It's like one out of a kind yeah so that's that's really cool like th- those are some of the stuff that you you know can stay relevant continuously do you believe that nft could be a direction
0: where big brands like coca-cola can play some long-term games not not a short-term you know stories like like you did?
2: oh definitely um NFT is just uh one of the first steps um uh, we're not saying that we're gonna continue to do nfts but it's you know it's pretty relevant in the age of cryptos and NFTs and, you know, all this digitized format, right? Um, It makes sense for us to do that. and But we we don't just do it for the sake of doing it to stay relevant. We also make sure there's a proper cost. So International Friendship Day was great. And to celebrate the Friendship Day, we have our actual special friends, uh, you know, the Special Olympics, you know, and we, you know, it's not about making money. So we donated our proceeds. So it, it's, you know, also just telling a story again and, and you know, yeah so in the process of doing that i think we have this template where we can reuse and and repeat for for the future uh whichever that format may be in the future could be a TikTok dance i don't know (laughs)
1: okay okay Okay. Okay. so uh we talk a little bit about uh, history about the past Uh, we talk about the present and uh uh, let's talk about the future so uh mark zuckerberg announced that the next of Facebook development will be the creation of a metaverse. So, how do you think how Coca-Cola's digital t- strategy can change to with the advent of the metaverse? Could you
2: elaborate the metaverse? Uh, are you talking about anything specifically? Because, or... uh, you know, um, they, are, they own like the Facebook with the Oculus and all.
1: In my imagination, the metaverse should be like the uh, visualization like the Ready Player One film. Okay,
2: uh, well... I can tell you we're not doing VR in that way yet. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> you, you know, NFT you can like wear a Coca Cola jacket in, in that sense. Um but you know, in the creation of metaverses, I from my understanding, they are creating a uh something called the Facebook Horizon, which is uh, I believe an app or like a virtual world within um the Oculus uh um platform, uh Quest one or Quest two or Rift um so i i know they're tackling that i actually have taken a look um uh, it, it's interesting um i think just like anything else right uh, all of these are content driven you know imagine uber they don't own any vehicles you know they're the largest just like transportation uh service uh public transportation if you will and um you know, Facebook doesn't really own any of the content. You know, they're like the largest content creation side. You know, and, and YouTube, right? Same thing, right? There is it's driven by the users. Uh, um, I, you know, I, we work. I mean, it's, it's they don't. They're technically real estate. So, um, so yeah, I, I think a lot of times uh, these are. We, we it's, it's hard to see what the future is going to be like just yet. But I have taken a look, and uh, there's there's some good format. It's just that I, I feel like in the next few years is is going to be really crucial as as users start populating and if they choose to adopt to this platform uh but in 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 a general overview of metaverse i i, I can't say we're we're anywhere you know in you know getting into that space just yet
0: <laughs> yeah you know one one question that that's making up step aside of the current token. Uh, I love this question because it's usually, you know, place on uh, remembrance. Can you remember when you first met uh, XR? Maybe some cases, when, when, where and how it was? Um, Maybe are you re- virtual yeah. reality
2: or? It could be yeah. AR or VR. Yeah. It just uh, As in like yeah. uh, my, my very first experience to it and Huh. uh is probably close to virtual boy <laughs> if you remember that um so yeah. N- nintendo back in the days yes <laughs> um they they had this uh i guess it wasn't too successful but it was super groundbreaking to a lot of people um uh, even though a lot of people got a headache and because it's just black and red uh i think virtual boy was really interesting uh, and other than that, right? Growing up, there's these little 3D glasses thing. Uh, I mean, honestly, if you look at it, that is like the origin of 3D glasses today, right? The VR, uh, and and subsequently the AR, uh, which is kind of a little bit of mixed. Um, I I I think that that is one of my um most impression to it. And if you look, you remember the storybooks that's like blue and red. You put on the glasses, like it pops out at you, right? And then eventually they took that to the cinema uh, even though that hasn't really quite adapted in my opinion. Um, um, but, but I, I think those, those, what was interesting is that that kind of was a bit of a niche back then. Uh, not a lot of people uh, adapted to it. I think it was, it was a great concept or prototype, if you will. Um, I think also there's, there's a lot of factors, like some people are not used to that kind of visuals and they get like sick and and motion sickness, uh, you know, throw up and all that stuff. Um, and it's the same with VR too, right? Uh, I remember like the very first VR that I have tried was probably the Oculus uh, prototype, the Rift, um, the first deaf kid. Uh, I felt fine, but I had some friends just I had it and threw up. Uh, I remember like, you know, re- reading about it and they talk about how the frame rate was just different and people perceived the frame rates differently. Uh, and that, that kind of like messes with them a little. Uh, I, I think as we go, right, I think we started with this really fragile, small idea, uh, but I think it doesn't need to be a, a mass adoption. I think as long as um, it, it is relevant and enough for people to grab a hole and keep iterating that, right? I think if you didn't have that first failure, how do you get to where we are today? I, I think it, everything you look back, it was a kind of an iteration of something in the past. Uh, you know, I, you know. if you look at VR today, AR today, if you look back, there's probably something else that we have attempted where VR game and not VR gaming, but before VR gaming, that's the whole 3D gaming. If you remember Sony tried to do that with the, and then before that, there's a 3D glass, a uh, 3D cinema. And before that, there's probably the 3D storybook. And before that, that's probably, you know, this, and before that, something else, right? But I think as you move on and backtrack a little, they, they, they start with something so fragile, something that was that failed probably many times, right? I mean, I we, we I can admit that, you know, we, at Coca-Cola, we had many products that was, you know, a learning lesson. I mean, we tried it, um, you know, back in the days, um, 1980, I believe, the new Coke, you know, uh, it, it wasn't bad. I tried it. It was pretty good, in my opinion, um, you know, because we re-released that because due to Stranger Things, uh, with the partnership there. Um, but I think people were, were not ready or they're just really used to um, the different side of Coke. Um, so, but it was all learning lessons that every company is going to do, go through this. I think, you know, uh, all, all this experience, but if you hold on to it and you, you iterate, it, it will become something big. Uh, could be a generation, could be the next generation. Yeah.
0: And uh, t- tell us about the most, you know, amazing XR case or project in Coca Cola that uh, the world didn't see, maybe in prototype. Oh, <laughs> or something like that well you know yeah it, it, maybe it from, the you, <laughs> from, from the past maybe from the past you know everybody talked about that but uh, it didn't you know reveal uh
2: i mean can't talk about the future just yet but um the things in the past right um i've, I've mentioned the marvel uh with ar cans um, and there are different uh, advertisements we've explored, uh, obviously with you know different um, scannable assets um, that you scan, it turns into a different portal for or something else that leads to a different uh, um, uh, activation experience. Um, and on top of that, there's also things that you scan on the cans and the packaging, uh, things that you can embed. And I think there's a lot of things we can uh, um, uh, look into uh, but in the past, um, if it's related to VR and AR, I would say that it's it's a bit restricted, um, but it actually it's very exciting if you think about that, because I feel like uh, it has just finally gotten to the point, uh, you know, the, 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 the mass adoption turning point where things start to like, I, I, the way I see it is the mass adoption rate is not a, a gradual slow. I think it will just keep piling up until it hits the tipping point one day. And then suddenly just go, everyone, you know, adapt, adopts to it. Like say, I noticed there's a huge adoption of VR users back in last year because of probably pandemic, everyone's staying home. I think it's going to be similar uh, with Coca-Cola as we start discovering things and, and keep piling up. And at some point we have all these all these capabilities lined up and we realize there's an audience with an appetite for it and we can completely do a mass adoption for something. Who knows, maybe... Uh, you know, in a few years, all our cans will have an AR experience. It's not just reserved to uh, special occasions or uh, holidays or movies, right? Every cant has its own story or tell. And based on where you're from, it could be, uh, uh, you know, catered to your culture or to your region. And yeah, so I think there's something we looked into. There's a, um <clears throat> I believe there was an experience uh, that I could talk, I could talk about. It, I can't say for sure. I, I think it has to do with the FIFA, most likely. I think, yeah. As we all know, FIFA, you know, different countries and comes together, you know, for this uh, um, competition. And I think there was a nice little activation that we've done where you scan, like, say, a can from Argentina and a can from USA. And there's a hidden kind of a musical note in um, Argentinian language and songs. And there's one in U.S. But somehow you somehow scan both together. It kind of merged together into, like, something of a, a, a not a musical piece that's a combination of both uh i think that's kind of nice um another great way to tell a story there okay
0: yeah thank you thank you really great examples
1: when you only mention about the uh fifa i at the same time, uh, in my head, uh, I remember that when I get older, I will be stronger. No, <laughs> oh, yeah, So, yeah. <laughs> so it's it, this. This song became the hymn of uh, the FIFA. No, not the official, but the, the like the, the most people like on this song. No, not the yeah. um, no, like uh, the FIFA hymn.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, there was a trophy tour as well uh, when it came by a Coke. It was good, yeah. Yeah, Hopefully, uh, we'll do something big for the next one.
1: So, uh, talking about XR, I have one question more. Uh, What uh, do you think is the biggest obstacle you see that uh, does not allow XR to grow in particular and in the world in general? In
0: world general? um, You know, I I think... uh,
2: you know, if my experience at the moment is maybe I'm surrounded more with geeks or people who are more um, into this technological advancement. Um, I feel like most most of uh, the people around me are pretty open to it. Um, it you know, think, you know, say for example, I uh, not not XR related, but just exact, as, as an example of a tech, technology adoption, I have family members. Uh, maybe you guys are aware of. Uh, Venmo, PayPal, and a Cash App. So in the sure. US, um there's the Cash App and the Venmo. I don't know how um available it is in different regions. Um but but it's essentially PayPal, but it's a bit simpler because you just all, all handle and um on a phone and you can just pop and pay the stuff, right? Um so my family members are really hesitant to adopt to that kind of technology because you're putting your money on your phone. <laughs> And it's like, your wallet is here now. It's not, it's not in the bank, it's not up there. What do people steal your phone? You know, there's all these concerns in their head, right? Uh, I, and, but it takes some convincing. When it's convinced, you, you force them to do it. And I feel like, they're like, wow, I'm never going back. Like, I didn't know you could just pay this way, but tapping, you know, uh, and just paying through a, a swipe, you know, like $10 I owe you, that's fine. You know, like, there's no need to go online, write a check. Uh, I, think, I think VR and <clears throat> AR is uh, a little bit similar. But I think because of this use case, um, uh, I think the biggest obstruction is not, sorry. I think the biggest obstruction is um, that currently VR and AR may be restricted mostly to gaming. Um, Maybe because, you know, most gamers are really keen on adapting that kind of stuff, like PC gamers. They already build the PCs anyway. Um, uh, PlayStation or Xbox players, you know, they already know all kinds of things. They mod their... You know, controller. So they they're very open to this kind of technology. If you look at the um, most VR and uh, AR um, uh, consumers, uh, they they're they come from this kind of gaming background. Uh, I think, and at the same time, it's very catered to that in the beginning. But uh, I, I'm starting to see a shift. Uh, and like I said, there's going to be a tipping point at some point. And when this shift from gaming to more say, I already I already noticed a shift to to um, fitness. You know, there's more catering to spin in those games now, and eventually there's going to be meditation and traveling uh, and more something that is non-gamer related. There's going to be workplace. I think uh, they're exploring different virtual workplaces. You can have meetings, and you know, as you adapt to this and, you, and more purpose around it, I feel like there is going to uh, destroy that obstacle and lower the barrier of entry for people to get into this. Uh, I think currently that's probably my my. Um, in my opinion, that is the biggest uh, obstacle and roadblock for, for getting into XR right now. It's that most of them, if you look at the market shares, cater to gamers, but it's really shifting. It's going to tip over very soon. Yeah,
0: so it sounds very interesting. And in general, in what do you believe more? In AR or VR?
2: Let's say well, it's
0: battle, it's versus.
2: Yeah sure um but then I'll ask you the same question uh, I'll ask you another question back right um like what what do you need it for <laughs> like what 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 uh co- what case what what is the context um it's it's hard to say you know like is orange better than uh, apple you know is this uh you know this bike better than that bike i you know is 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 it's a bit hard to compare that way i i i don't want to give you a, i don't want to say that i like one over the other uh, but at the same time, I would say that it depends on the context. I, I know Apple is strongly uh, leaning towards AR, and obviously Facebook is VR, um, but I think there's uh, a both. Uh, I, I used to be uh, a little bit more on AR side, I'll be honest, because I was very much grounded in the reality, the world. I like to be able to see, and I feel like the the idea of augmenting the real physical life with uh, frictional assets on top that is really cool right you know growing up in a sale in a world robocop you've seen it how he sees it in the world like enemies like things pop out you know his life point and where it comes around that's that's all very cool like very android augmentation um to that um but i think you know after trying more vr um this past two years i i, I really feel like there's a um a, <clears throat> a world for it it doesn't have to be either or just like uh, coca-cola we can have both and i think that's that's the kind of beauty of it if, if you find a way to combine the both there's probably some magic you can find in between yeah 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 great answer thank you thank you for that
0: i have one question you know on the last episode with Ted from Paramount pictures we you know had very interesting discussion about the ethical questions in metaverse you know so, so sorry for reverting a bit but it's very you know social social moment because metaverse it's uh, let's say a new virtual world with the rules and he he you know revealed and flagged up some moments about uh, all this ethical regulation and very interesting question who do you believe should regulate uh, all that is happening in metaverse uh should it do the creators, let's say Facebook, yeah, has created metaverse and they should regulate, or should it do some, you know, third party who is independent and is not involved in this world directly? I mean beneficially.
2: So I want to quickly ask real quick, when you say not directly, but beneficially, what do you mean by that first?
0: Yeah, let's say, can Google uh, be a regulator of Facebook's metaverse um,
2: and vice it, versa? It, yeah, so so going back a little bit for for like a broader answer, right? Um, who should regulate that is, you, you've seen Ready Player One. So uh, you know how, well, at least Ready Player One, not Ready Player Two yet, I haven't read the book. Uh, on the second one um so you know it's all very much governed by a creator at at first and how he you know can take over and try to eventually give it to the people and hear people's voice right uh is historically speaking uh can't quite give you an example but um i feel like say even uh, metaverse is currently like not run by anyone really um and and same with uh, uh, other communities um, say darknet maybe just for an example um, so it's uh, it's very user driven um it it has its upsides and downsides um, some social media there are, so social media platforms there are kind of anti facebook they try to do the same thing too right they, they want to um, be anti-Facebook because they want to all not be centralized network and monopolized by one company, you know, as and, and they, they feel threatened and the information and, and it is a, a legit concern. Um, personally, I don't have anything to hide. So if you want to see a picture of me somewhere, I'm <laughs> sure um, some people probably a little bit more. Uh, and and I think, you know, maybe they prefer that kind of uh um, that kind of jurisdiction, where it's it's more made by the people for the people. Um, so, I, I again, it's is is a bit hard to say which is better. Uh, but I feel like at some point, as you grow big and big enough, if it's if it's uh, driven and controlled by users, a uh, decentralized net, um, you may need to have some forms of a a rule. Um, I, so. For example there's a, a some Facebook I have some friends who are Facebook group owners they they have started with just a few hundred a few thousand people and they're just casually letting everybody do their own thing in a group and it's fun and games and you know they just want to talk and have fun talk about you know VRomatic games as they grow big and you start getting people who aren't who don't play nice they they want to you know have profanity they curse they harass other people and what do you do? You implement the rules by then, or you kick them out in the group. So is that still made by the people? for people, you know. And, and you, as you grow more and more, then you have to worry about you know um people set, maybe hurting other people externally. And then if you know it involves like uh, uh police officers and government, they might shut your group down if you don't get your group under control. So start, then you what do you do? You start w- worrying about okay, well I need rules, and I start needing some moderators, people to police now. Be, otherwise these people they grow big enough and they're gonna get our group shut down. I don't want this group to go away. So what do you do? You start putting more as you grow big you start putting more and more and then before you know it it becomes what do you know, it becomes an organization, right? So um uh, I think as you grow big you want you still wanna play, but you still but you still need to make sure you have some kind of uh, rules around it. It's yeah, interesting. So, yeah. Certainly. Yeah, I agree, yeah, agree. Yeah. yeah, you would start with this way, but then as you grow big, you you have to make some hard decisions. Someone has to say something and speak for the rest, and then suddenly it becomes not so much of a made by people for the people. Okay. So, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. And, and what about self-regulation by communities? Maybe. Yeah, by people themselves. Are they ready enough, for instance? Because in you know virtual world to be turned off. I mean, user. If user is out of this universe, it's not the same like in our real life when you can go to prison or things of that nature. Therefore, yeah, you know, it's easy to do, and maybe the community is can be given by more self-regulation rights or not. What do you think?
2: Oh uh, yeah, it's uh doable. um I, I don't know. Maybe the Discord, uh, you know, Discord the the platform. Yes. Um, maybe that's kind of similar to, in my opinion, um, this in my opinion, is not a messaging app, it's a community app, you yeah. know, as many communities within and each community have their own, I guess, self-regulated, you know, people in there, right. You know, whether you are a, a game server or a, a product, um, you know, it's, I, I feel like all these are smaller communities that, are you know, not really governed by a bigger one. Uh, well. I guess kind of if Discord decides shut down the community, but you know, let's put that aside and say that they just let let the communities run themselves, right? It is possible, um, but at the same time, also maybe hinder the growth. So I guess it depends on the end goal. If you just want to play and have fun and care less about you know um, a certain goals that are tied to financial, so to speak, you know. If you want to make money in business, and sometimes you have to make some decisions and give up you you want something, you have to give up something. Um, but if you just want to play and, and share and enjoy, um, I think it's totally possible yeah okay yeah, I think so.
1: So Benny, uh, it was a really interesting conversation. Uh, it was really exciting to make a podcast with you. Thank you for your time. We really appreciate it. yeah,
2: thank you yeah thanks so
0: much. yeah, appreciate it. thank you. Редактор субтитров